welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Um, I get the opportunity to introduce the speaker. As I said, it's not me this morning. Uh, this morning's speaker is a man of whom I am extremely proud and I love very dearly. I also admire him incredibly for his faith, his tenacity and his skills as a father to which I look back and think I wish I'd been that good myself. Uh, I could have learned from him, but then maybe he did learn from me. It was just the mistakes he learned from. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm very blessed in this place because I've got many sons, sons of the house, you know, uh, by which I mean the, the young men and the young women. But this morning, uh, it gives me, makes me really proud and really happy just to say, come on, Daniel, Abel. <laughs> Come and speak to the house. Daniel, William, Abel. <laughs> well, there we go. Introduction's done. I'll uh, sit down and we'll finish. <laughs> it's strange to be up here. I'll give you that. Um, many of you know I'm normally making lots of noise in church, whether that's behind that thing or behind that thing. Um, but I get to make lots of noise by myself now, which is slightly scary. Excuse me one second. The joys of children and little sleep means my eyes are very watery. I uh, do have to thank the Lord that Sam did sleep quite well last night and I managed to get a full night. Um, But the night before, I was up quite a lot (laughs) and was very useless yesterday, which I'm sure my wife can testify to. Um, I've got at the top of my notes here, uh, disclaimer. And it's underlined (laughs) big red things. Me as a person, I'm very unique and very different. I can be very challenging. I can be very negative. I can be very aggressive. And I've got an awful lot of emotions going on inside of me. And if you don't know me very well, I can come across very cold. So my disclaimer here is I would like this word to be encouraging to you. I love you all, you're all wonderful, and God loves you. Okay? That's your nice pat on the back. (laughs) However, when I talk, I always end up getting challenging, because in the way that God works in me, personally, is he challenges me about something. So obviously, when I come to speak, that's what I speak on, and that's how I speak, because that's how I'm used to receiving it. I can be very honest, I can be very abrupt, but I do love you, okay? And God loves you, and I don't mean to be nasty, all right? (laughs) so there's my disclaimer so if you take offence it's not my fault (laughs) but I want to excite you I want to challenge us into something that is coming I when Pastor Paul asked me to preach I said right what what are we doing what's the what is there something that I should be preaching on is there a direction that we're heading and he said well I believe that the first few preachers of the year are to set us up they're to be prophetic and they're to bring us into what God is doing I was like Ah, oh, cool. Nothing, nothing too big then. But I believe the Lord has challenged me and he's given me something new. Uh, those who have heard me speak before, I've kind of got three core messages that I kind of talk a lot on and variations of. I believe that this is something completely new for me. Um, and I've soundboarded it against my beautiful wife and she tells me that it's okay. So blame her. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully it'll be all right. Anyway, that's my disclaimer. Let's go. Uh, For the wonderful Richard Hartnell, my proposed title 
for today. Uh, you'll probably come up with a better one because you're amazing at your titles. But proposed title, and if you think of a better one, we'll cut this bit out um, of the recording, is You Are Not a Cow. Okay, I thought it was nice and, nice and to the point. So, we're in a new year. What's our focus? What's our vision for 2018? Personally, in your own lives, what are you focusing in? What are you seeing you want to see happen? In your families, what's your vision? What's your purpose? What do you want to see happen in 2018? And lastly, for our church, what is our focus? What is our vision? What do we want to see in 2018? Where are we heading? We've had all this time last year where we were getting built up, we were getting told that we were God's masterpiece, that uh, it, I, all, I belong to him. There's all the words along there that I can't read because of the lights in my eyes. We got all that teaching, all that building up. We had all the, the instruction on pray until, which we were then referring to this morning. We've got all of that inside of us. So now where are we heading with that? What's our vision with that? What's our focus with that? What I do know for certain is that it's not meant to be here like this, the same. Okay? We're called into new things, into an exciting adventure that lies ahead of us. Okay? It says in the Bible that we are changed from one degree of glory to another. Colossians 2 says that we need to continue to live in him. To continue in something, there has to be a change, there has to be a motion, there has to be movement. It's not just stand still and sit there. You're not continuing anything if we're just going, well, that's nice, isn't it? If, uh, Brian, you could bring up that stool, that would be absolutely wonderful. Um, if you think of God's spirit, you know, it talks about that uh, he's a God that never knows when to stop, and if his spirit was pouring into a cup, it would just start to overflow. Everyone know that kind of reference, where the overflowing spirit just continuously foot, and you'll be overflowing with the spirit. Okay? So... Trick the lighting people, they'll have to... Hannah, you're going to have to light me up here now. Sorry. So, when I was tested back in university, because they thought there was something wrong with me, <laughs> um, they found out that I am 99.99% of a visual learner. Okay, I'm in the top 99.99% of visual people, visual perception uh, across everybody they've ever tested which is ridiculously high, as you can uh, assume. The even better thing was, in most of the other areas, I was in the 0.2 percentile. <laughs> so I- I'm quite different. But never mind. So I decided that I would show uh, a physical representation of what I wanted to say, because for me, I described it to my wife, and I said, well, that makes perfect sense. And she was like, uh, yeah, okay. And I went, well, how about if I do a visual representation, because it might help people understand. So, I have a glass here. We talked about the verse of a cup overflowing. Now, you'll see I have some orange juice. The only reason it's orange juice is because I needed it to be a different colour to the water, okay? So, it's not got any significant information or validation that it is orange or that it is orange juice, okay? It does taste very nice, but that is, by the by, it is just so it's a different colour. So this cup is us. The orange juice inside is representing God's spirit that is inside of us. Okay? God's life, God's energy, God's love, God's joy, everything that God does within us, boom, there. Okay? But it says that he is continuously pouring out his spirit upon us 
his spirit. So, watch what happens when God pours his spirit into us. What's changed? It's not orange, exactly. God's spirit is still inside of us. We're still the same. God is still the same. However, there is a change. We are different. Okay? So that's my visual representation of that. Uh, We'll get rid of that later. So, that's what I wanted to show. When God is pouring his overflowing spirit into us, there has to be a change. It cannot be. You've seen in the visual representation there, I pour God's spirit into the glass and there is a change. It's still God's spirit, but there is a change. You can see very clearly there, nice and easy, all right? So, what I believe God was saying to me for this next season that we are in, this next time, is that this is not a season to regurgitate things, okay? We must press on to see new things because we want to see God break out this year. And for God to break out, that's not a passive thing. We can't just sit back and go, go on then, God, let's see you move. Yeah, go on then, break out. Come on, I'm waiting. We've got to do something. We've got to actively be putting our feet on the ground, talking to people, whatever. (laughs) We're pastor, sorry, Dr. Nigel. uh, Yes, last week was talking lots about practical applications of how we can see God break out with praying, with meeting up with people, all that kind of thing. And this is where we're not like a cow. A cow, when it eats, it has four stomachs, as I'm sure many of you know. It eats, then it rests, then it regurgitates, and it eats again. Okay? And this process can take up to six and a half hours, which I was like, man, that's a long time. This next season is not a time of rest. We have been equipped last year, as I was saying earlier, and now it's time for us to show that we are God's masterpieces that we will pray until something happens. Because we want to see that happen part. I get really excited when Pastor Paul says, come on, let's pray until something happens. But actually that bit, it's kind of annoying. I want to be at this bit where it's happened. Because <laughs> that's really exciting. That's where we're seeing the healings. That's where we're seeing people's lives radically changed. Okay? If you've got your Bible, uh, you can go to Philippians 3.12. Uh, I've got my good, trusty King James Version. Now, for someone who struggles to read and s- struggles to comprehend difficult words, you might think the King James Version is a bit of a bizarre choice. And I'll explain more in a second. So, verse 12 says, Not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I might apprehend, that for which also I apprehend of Christ Jesus. So you got that, right? Makes perfect sense. So the reason I love the King James is I read a verse like that and I don't understand a single word of it. (laughs) And you might think, well, that's a bit strange then. But what that means I have to do is I have to ask the Lord for understanding. And I go, well, what's that mean? And instead of just reading that verse and being like, oh, yeah, that's nice, that's pretty, and oh, I'll read the next ten as well. I get stuck. I was like, well, I don't understand what that means, so I'm going to have to keep reading and keep reading and keep reading and asking the Lord. And that's when, obviously, I can then dive into other versions like we've got up here. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Okay, that's making more sense now. 
that's uh, a little bit clearer than not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect. Which, that's why I, the truth is a brilliant version for reading uh, scriptures out of, because it's, it's almost like a book. And I really like the truth version of this. In the truth it says, I do not claim to have received all that God has for me, neither yet have I been made perfect. But I am always moving forward to take hold of everything that Jesus Christ has planned to give me, where he laid hold of my life. It's that key, that key line there that I really love. But I am always moving forward. Again, it's not a sit back, relax, take a break. This next season is not a time of rest. It's a time where we are going to see breakthrough. We are going to see God breaking out in new ways. And for us to be able to cultivate that, we've got to be moving forward. Otherwise, it can't happen. We have not attained all that Christ has for us. I'm sure most of you sitting here are not thinking, yep, I am damn right perfect. Whew. Maybe some of you are. That's, that's called pride, and we'll sort that out later. <laughs> We're not perfect yet. I believe that one day we all will be, and it will be awesome. But we as ourselves must continuously press on and find out what is new for us. What's different? What's changing? We need to cast away learned behaviours and have purpose in our actions. Let's pray. Right. Who bowed their heads? Who closed their eyes immediately when I said, let's pray? I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying it may be. That's a learnt behaviour. Because I said, oh, let's pray, you're like, oh, yeah. There was no purpose in your actions for it. There might have been once when you did it, but at that exact moment you just kind of did repetitive motion, uh, memory recall, muscle memory, like, oh, my brain. It's not a bad thing, but actually, do we need to look at our lives and analyse the way we do things and the way we're doing something, so that there is purpose in it. I personally love to close my eyes when I pray, because it helps block out all the distractions. As a visual person, I'm seeing six million things happening at once. So me closing my eyes cuts off that perception and helps me focus on God. You might want to bow your head, because it's the purpose of, I'm coming before the king, and I want to show respect to him. So it's not a bad thing, but I'm just challenging that concept of regurgitating old things, getting rid of those learnt behaviours. Because if we're living in a new, ever-changing life, God is going to break out. So, how do we avoid regurgitating old revelations? You might have heard people, and maybe even said it yourself, and you're like, oh, God told me 20 years ago I'll be speaking in the church soon, yeah, I'll be up there in the front, oh, it's going to be good. So my first part of is, sorry, what, 20 years ago God told you that that was going to happen and that's what you're holding on to? Okay, that's awesome. But what have you done to start putting that into work? What have you started doing to make that a forward motion to get to this point? Because actually, the start of speaking here is started by sharing God's life with the person next to you that you're waiting in the coffee queue with. That's where it's, it's, it's not hard. And awesome, great. I'm really excited that you're going to be speaking in front of people and you're going to be encouraging the church. But actually, it starts. Little steps. It's not a, 
Oh, one day, one day, Pastor Paul will come and he'll just say, next week you will be preaching. It's not kind of how it works. <laughs> Normally it's the day before. <laughs> I was very blessed. I actually got a week's notice. Woo-hoo! Let's recalibrate our thinking back to our first love. What is the core that drives us? What inside of you is what motivates you? Because being a Christian, being part of this church and this family, I will hold my hand up and say, is not easy. We're not the kind of church that preaches, oh, well done, you came to to church on a Sunday, now everything's good and hunky-dory, well done, let's go home. We're a church that is continuously challenging you. We're a church that's continuously asking you to expand your horizons and do new things. So it's not easy. But actually then when we rely on the strength of God, it does become easy. Because in us and through us, we will start to see breakthrough and God breaking out. So because in us and through us, we will start to see that. You see how it's around us. That key part there. It's not that we can just run away and go, oh, God will sort it out. Bethel have a really great phrase that I've stolen. Um, Oh, paying homage to. I I don't know what you want to call it. But they say, accept no imitation, expect no limitation. Accept no imitation, expect no limitation. Okay? Because if we start to have that kind of focus, we're going to see God moving. We're going to see God breaking out in new ways and exciting things. But it has to start within us. We must see a breakout in our lives before we'll see God's. In 2 Samuel 5 verse 20, King David is battling with the Philistines. Uh, He's having a good old time. They've come and invaded the lands and he's taken his army. And before he gets to the battlefield, he stops and he says the classic thing which I like to do before I get up and preach or do anything to do with churchiness or productions or even the band. And I go, God help, God help, God help, God help, God help, God help. And that's what David did. He, He called upon God and he asked him, Lord, I need a plan. And God gives him a plan and says, right, you're going to do this, this and this and you'll defeat the Philistines. He goes, Awesome. He goes and does that, 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 and that. Boom, defeats the Philistines. Woohoo! Then, just after that scripture, the Philistines obviously weren't very smart because they came back and tried again. And so, David rises up his army, takes them to face the Philistines, and he stops. And he says, Lord, give me a plan. What am I going to do? It's the same problem the Philistines have attacked but he was given a different solution. Even though it's the same thing that's coming against us, there might be a different way that we need to come against that to defeat it this time. Okay? Like the spirit changing. We might, we're not in the same place that we were when that problem happened the first time. So this time, hopefully it'll be easier to overcome it. Or we might be ready. But there might be something different. So that's why we need to continuously be moving forward and listening and asking God, well, what is the plan at this moment? What am I meant to be doing at this moment? The place where these battles happened 
uh, David actually called uh, Baal Perazim, which means where God breaks out. So I challenge you guys, what is your Baal Perazim? Where is your battle happening? Where is it going to be that God breaks out in you? Right? The cup, water overflowing, ever-changing, fresh, new life. We can't sit back and wait. It's a bit like friendships and relationships. They take work. To develop a connection with God is no different to developing connection with a partner or with a friend. Because at the end of the day, we're modelled after him. So actually, developing a friendship with someone standing next to us is exactly the same to developing a friendship with God. How do we do that? We spend time with them. We talk to them. We love upon them. We do things for them. We share life with them. If we're cultivating God's life in us, we're going to see God's love, power, provision and joy expressed through our church. I really believe that we don't actually need to be praying for God's provision. We don't need to be praying for God's joy. We don't need to be praying for God's love. We don't need to be praying for God's power. We need to pray for God's life to be inside this church. Because by default, if God's life is in us and is in this building, we have all those other things outright. Because that is what God is. There cannot be no provision if God's life's here. There cannot not be joy if God's here. There can't not be love if God's here. Because if God's here, he's all of those things. It says in John 10.10, because God has given us life in all its fullness. We have them all. We have the joy. We have the love. We have the peace. As long as we have that life of God inside of us. And I believe that through that life in us, we are going to see God break out this year in a fresh and exciting way. In something that is completely new to us personally, to us as a family, and to us as a church. Let's have a look at ourselves, remove any learnt behaviour, maybe even experiment with new behaviours to see how God's doing something new. If you're someone that you find meeting with God, personally the best way for you is standing relatively still in the worship and kind of just having your hands in the air. Maybe try in the first couple of songs where it's a bit louder, sticking out a bit louder, moving a little bit more. Try a new behaviour. See if it works for you. It might not. But let's not rely on old revelation, on old uh, behaviours that we've learned, and let's challenge ourselves to continuously be moving forward. Let's not just assume, oh, that's how this is done, so that's how I'm going to do it. Let's not just go, oh, where's my instruction book? Oh, yes, I do step A, B, C, and therefore that's done. When we pray for someone, if you pray for someone, say, last week, last week we had some amazing prayer, didn't we? We saw, was it four people releasing tongues? Absolutely amazing. Say that happened again this week. It's not going to happen exactly the same way. We're not going to suddenly go, oh, quick, band, get up. What song were you playing? Oh, quick, yeah, can you play that one? Oh, it's a different band configuration. Oh, just switch instruments quickly. We need to, we, it needs to be the same. It's always different because God is ever-changing. We can't rely on past behaviours and past experiences 
to be, oh, this is how I do that. It's awesome because you can have the confidence from that experience and the learning experience that you've had to go, I have the confidence to do this. I can do this. This is good. Come on, Jesus. Yeah, let's see this happen. But actually, God's manifestation of his power might be completely different and in a completely different way. As it says in Isaiah 54.2, let's make room, widen our tents. Because if we're expecting to see God break out, I reckon God takes up a lot of room. If we're actually seeing God manifesting in all his glory, in all his power, he's going to take up some space. (laughs) I I saw that verse and I read it and I was like, yeah, it's not about actually we need more room because there's going to be more people here. But praise the Lord, I hope there will be. Actually, I think we just need more room in our hearts almost to accept God in that way. Because in us and through us, we will see God breaking out. So if we're really small and tiny and not letting God in that much, we're not really going to see much of a breakout. If we're opening ourselves up and widening our tents, we're going to see God break out in a new and exciting way. Remember, accept no imitations, expect no limitations. What I want us to do now as a, as a church is almost draw a line in the sand and say, right, God, this was me. Taking a note, that's how I've been, that's how I am. And now we're opening ourselves up to God even more in a new way, giving him permission to bring something new into us. Okay. Uh, what I want you to do, just for a couple of minutes, is just pray to him and draw that line. Open up yourself to him. Give him the permission to bring something new. And ask him to highlight any behaviours that maybe you are doing as a learnt behaviour. Maybe it's something that is not particularly God-based, but actually it's something that you repeatedly do all the time and actually now has no meaning because it's learnt. Again, I'm not saying that some of these behaviours are bad inherently, but it's the action and the purpose behind them that gives them strength. So I'll just give you a couple of minutes just to have a think of that. Again, you're drawing that line in the sand. You're opening yourself up to God to give him permission to bring something new into your life. And you're asking him to highlight any learnt behaviours that you need to adapt, you need to change, or need to have a purpose behind them again. Lord, I thank you that this is an amazing family to be part of. Lord, I thank you that your life is within this building, is in with each one of us, and is in this congregation in a way that I've never quite experienced in a church before. I thank you, Lord, that this is an amazing place to be and an amazing family to be part of. I thank you, Lord, that you challenge us and encourage us to strive daily into new things, that we will continue to move forward, like it says in Philippians, Lord, and that we will see your spirit overflowing out of us and we will see that change inside of us, Lord. And it will not be a change that 
causes us fear because your life is inside of us with that peace, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that as we come before you now and we say, Lord, I'm drawing that line, I want to see something new, you are a God that responds to us and answers what we request. I thank you that you're going to come and fill us in new ways, in different ways, and that this next year, in us and through us, we are going to see your love, your life breaking out. Thank you, Lord, that we accept no imitation and we expect no limitations. Amen. Thank you so much for letting me share with you today. I hope you are not destroyed. (laughs) I love you. You're wonderful. Compliment sandwich. Don't serve them a full English breakfast. Uh, You're all amazing. You're all wonderful. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you to Pastor Paul for giving me the opportunity to speak. And let's see something new. That's what I believe in. We're going to see... I don't want to be standing here in a month, two months, three months' time and go, oh, look, we're exactly the same. Let's see where we're moving towards. Let's set a finish line that's over there and let's aim for it. Amen. Thank you very much. Praise God. Well, we're going to finish in a minute. I think you're getting the impression from the prophetic words today, from the word that's just been preached, from Nigel's word last week, that uh, we don't play church. We're not playing a game here. We are serious about living out the life of Jesus Christ, aren't we? Hallelujah. Which means it's not all just about meeting with some friends on a Sunday and sitting on a comfy seat and listening. It's about what happens the rest of the week. This is just a recharge station. I believe this year is a year of breakout. I believe this is a year of change. Uh, And we're going to see some very different things. But it's like Dan was saying, that that doesn't happen just because we sit around and wait for God to do it. It's about the decisions we make in our life to allow that orange color to be changed to clear. You know, a lot of people struggle with um, repetitive sin. There's things that go on in their lives and they come to God and say, Oh God, I'm so sorry, forgive me, I've done it again. And, you know, it feels such a failure. It, 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 can be, it can be gossip, it could be pride, it could be lust, it could be all those kind of things. And you, you fail in it again and again and again. And the problem can be that people focus on that. I will not do that again. I will not watch another um, film on television that I should not watch. And the problem when we do that is our focus is on the sin. And it seems... Strange, but we have another source of holiness and purity. If we focus on Jesus, the orange gets changed. Don't focus on the problem. Get forgiven, even if it is again and again and again. And focus on Jesus and expect that you will change. Because you will change. I want to just share one tiny bit of scripture as we finish. Um, How many of you, I'm not looking up because I'm not looking for a raise of hands or anything with this one, but how many of you would call yourself a Christian? I think most people in the room. And of course, Christian was first given as a derogatory name. I think it was in Antioch, if I remember my Bible correctly. Uh, they used it to, to belittle people, not as, a, not as an identity. It, was, it came from the world. It meant little Christs. They are little Christs. In other words, but I thought, wow, They were trying to insult them by saying they were like Jesus. And I think 
part of the breakout this year is that we would be insulted for being like Jesus. I mean, that would be wow. Wouldn't it? That's, that's a line in the sand. That if, if, if people were to take offense, it was because we're too loving and too accepting and too kind and too generous. <laughs> and, and, and the verse I want to share with you is this. And it comes, Paul has just written, or Paul writes immediately after it to confirm what he's just written. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And that's what they were being insulted with. They were like Jesus. Though he was God, did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took up his humble position of a slave and was born a human being. Well, congratulations. You've done that bit. You've been born a human being. But what was the context Paul put it in? And if we're really, really going to do, you know, this is what changes the world, stuff like this, because it is so radical. You can hear it so much and dismiss it. But this is so radical. Paul simply says this, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. He's writing to the church in Philippi. He's not stupid. He knows that they've got disputes and falling out with one another, but he's saying, but we are like Christ. We can overcome these things. Sometimes it takes time, but we can overcome these things. And this verse, wow, what if we were like this? Verse 3 in chapter 2, the New Living Translation. (laughs) Don't be selfish. That's a bit blunt. He's talking to nice Christians. (laughs) Don't be selfish. I mean, that's blunt. You thought you were bad. Be humble. And this is the killer. Think of others as better than yourself. So easy to spot all the faults in other people. All the ways they're failing to live up to God's plan in their life. How about we turned it on its head and admired everything that they're doing better. And considered those people better, even if on the surface of their life, they may not look like as good a Christian as you. Well, maybe they didn't start from the same place as you. Well, they smoke. Well, maybe you've never been addicted to it. But you'll have something else. This one always gets to me because I'm always good at thinking that I'm so much better than others. Well, you are too. If you're honest, you think your opinions are the right ones. Your understanding of God is better than the person who has a different understanding of God than you have. Maybe you have a favorite preacher you really identify with. But you'll have another preacher you think, well, I know better than them. I'm not saying there aren't preachers that preach wrong things, but there's an attitude of Christ Jesus that doesn't see things doesn't evaluate things as better than worse, but looks for reconciliation and understanding. I just think this is a, this is a, I'd like to say it was a killer, but it's not, it's a lifer. <laughs> this, this, is, this is how God breaks out. That's verse 3, and verse 4 says, don't look out only for your own interests. The good thing is you can look out for your own interests. You know, we're still to enjoy the life we have. But take an interest in others too. 
not just your best friends. Let me just read it again. Verses 3 and 4, which Paul summarizes as having the same attitude as Christ. Because this is a line in the sand. This isn't playing church. I'm not, I'm not here. I need more water being poured in to get rid of the orange juice. I tell you, I've got to seek God on this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. That's such a good one. Especially in today's world of X Factor and Britain's Got Talent. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. I tell you, church, people living like that, that's revival. Well, <laughs> that's Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4. Bit of, yes, as you just said, bit of meat today. We didn't have the bottles of milk ready. Sorry about that. <laughs> this is a mature people. Even those that have only been saved a few weeks, we are a mature people. We are seeking the meat of God. None of us are living up in the clouds. We're all going through stuff, but we're all trusting God because we know that Christ has the victory. And we will stand. We will pray. And more importantly in all of this, we're together. We are a people. We are a movement. We are a community. The people of God, and we're hidden in the Word of God. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.